Hello, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So uh, I just had some weird-ass, random-ass fucking ideas today, so I thought I'd record a podcast about them. So uh, I don't know why, but for some reason, the the guy came into my head. It's that movie, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, which I thought was all right. Not a bad movie. And then I picked up the book at an airport once, and uh, I liked it quite a bit. I I think I liked the book better. It was, like, funny. It's uh, surprisingly funny. Not that the movie wasn't funny, but I don't know. I just felt like uh, the the book seemed more dedicated to being funny. Whereas the movie was, you know, let's feel bad because there's a kid with cancer, (laughs) you know? Not a bad movie, but just not something I would, like, go back to. Like, oh, what a fun movie. Let's go back and watch it. Whereas I feel like the book I probably will go back to sometime. It was more fun. But I realized I didn't remember the name of the guy who wrote it, and I never looked into him to see what else he's done. So I looked him up, and uh, I've already forgotten. Jesse something that starts with an A. So uh, that made me think, like, oh, I'm uh, downtown in my little hometown of Fredericton, New Brunswick. I'm like, oh, let's go to the bookstore. The one bookstore that's still open. And I doubted that they would have his other stuff. He put out a book in 2015 and 2018. So maybe they would have the 2018 one. But the 2015 one is apparently about a band. So I'm like, oh, that sounds good. I would read that. Let's go look for it. And also, I'm still reading the, uh, I got the second Metro book while I was in Toronto, Metro 2034. And I'm only about halfway through because I read it real slow. I'm reading like a page a day, but it's pretty cool. I don't mind it. I would definitely read Metro 2033 if I ever came across it. So those were the two things I had in mind, but it's just like, I really didn't expect them to be there. It's like, you know, I guess I'll just have to order these online. And yeah, when I got there, they did not have either of those things although they might like at the big bookstore across town you know those like mega bookstores they're called chapters in canada and i gotta admit it kind of makes sense i mean the idea of the mom and pop shop is nice but but they didn't have the either of the books that i wanted but yeah across the river maybe like for a bookstore i mean maybe you really do need an enormous store, you know? It's not like these things I was looking for were crazy obscure. I mean, they're not mega popular right at this very moment, but Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl's pretty well known. The Metro games are pretty well known. I don't know about the novels. But I'm not asking for anything too crazy, but of course they just didn't have them. So it's like, yay, what do you do, you know? The mom and pop idea is nice, but it doesn't work. (laughs) So, you know? the crushing capitalist crush machine just uh it's crushing away but it makes sense makes sense why it is but then while i was there i'm like well let's just really take a gander who knows who knows maybe something will stand out for some reason let's just look at these books but this store really was like i'm way better off in like a used bookstore it's way more likely that i'll find something interesting And I just like uh, used books. I think I've said this before, but I like the idea, like even if you just buy books from a thrift shop or like a a Salvation Army type place, I actually really like that because it's like those books have been vetted, you know, just, it's like they've, they've been through someone's hands. So to me, there just seems like a better chance that it's probably something interesting.
like a couple of years ago I was uh, digging through going through a little young adult phase I got the uh, that book The Giver which I later found out is super famous but like I'd never heard of it I just kept seeing it at thrift stores so I'm like alright what the fuck let's try it uh, I got Lost in the Barrens Farley Mowat I think his name is pretty famous Canadian book I believe but about some kids who get lost in the uh, above the Arctic Circle in the freezing frozen north both pretty famous hence they're around hence they're at the used bookstores and I liked them like there's just a far better chance that I'll find a book I like if it's been through someone else's hands first whereas this bookstore I was at today it just uh, it doesn't check any box it's all quite recent stuff that I've never heard of if there is anything I have heard of it's only the real heavy hitters you know some fucking Stephen King books or whatever just a store full of books that I'm like I don't even know where to start you don't have the weird things that I want you don't have the tried and true classics what the fuck is this like what is this industry what are these books like the books that are just flowing like water you know the books that are just an industry that just keep coming out and get uh, released and maybe some people buy them and then they pulp them up and then they make some new ones and put them out like what are these books who are they for? What is this? And I remember I applied for a job at one of the big chapters. This was about 10 years ago. I didn't get that job. I actually got a film projectionist job instead, which was way cooler. Because I got to experience the final days of being a film projectionist before it went all digital. But I remember the person kind of warning us, like, Who, whoever, whosoever should get this job, prepare to get acquainted with romance novels because that's what we sell that's what keeps the doors open that's what keeps this place in business is romance novels like you know every once in a while there's a big book release that's a big deal but day to day it's romance so there's that but this bookstore didn't even cater to that <laughs> and it's just I don't know I just didn't understand it at all it's like this whole industry that I'm apparently trying to become a part of I just I don't even know where I would fit in it I don't know where my place would be I don't know what this is whatever it is it must be working to some degree cuz the crushing crush wheel of capitalism hasn't crushed it yet it's still going but what I was thinking as I was standing in front of these shelves of books looking at them you know storytelling of any ilk it's like well these are novels in specific, but this can apply to whatever. I was thinking about that and how for many years now, I have felt that something is very wrong. Like the more common storytelling mediums that people fucking absorb are movies and TV shows. So let's just lump them all together. Movies, TV, novels, comic books, just whatever, video game stories. They never work for me, you know, like I really don't even feel like it's an exaggeration to say that. It's no longer a question of like, oh, I wonder if I'll like this or not. Because the percentage is so, so, so low that it's just zero. It's just zero percent. It's never going to happen. It's not, not coming, you know. It's not to say I don't like anything. Every once in a while I do. But it's so rare and just I can't count on it at all and for something to really mean something to actually really stick with me 
like it's just it's just zero it just is it's like whatever this is that people are doing whatever these stories are whatever type of void this is filling in people's lives whatever this is supplying to them it's just not for me something is way wrong there's some big disconnect nobody is even trying to make something that i would like the thing that i want the thing that i need the little hole in my soul that i'm trying to fill will never be even touched even addressed even recognized by any of this you know and it's just like after years and years and years and maybe decades at least a decade of knowing this and seeing this it's just like like what does this mean what the fuck is going on here and i had a sudden little thought while i was just staring at this wall of books in this store that this is probably going to make me sound like a fucking annoying dickhead like a super douchebag and it's probably not something that whoever might be listening to this can relate to. But I think what it is, or the little spark that went off in my brain, is that I'm looking for stories meant for leaders. You know, if you just think of people as leaders and followers, I'm not saying I am a leader. I'm demonstrably not leading anyone. But... The mindset, the difference between a leader and a follower, I mean, it's just basically true that most people, they just are followers. I mean, I know this is like some high school level angst shit to say, and it's something nobody likes to hear, but it's just true. It's what we are. It's how the human race works. You can get people just to go along with anything, with literally anything. They'll just go along with their culture. They'll go along with what they're told. Just look around the world, it's everywhere. There's all these different cultures that do all this weird shit just because someone else told them to. That's it. I don't care if you don't like it, that's what you are. That's how you are, that's how you think, that's how you behave, that's what you are. And that's not what I am. <laughs> like, I know nobody likes to hear it, nobody likes to be told they're a follower, but I'm not like that. I just am not. I have never been. I don't give a fuck what other people think. I never have. I never take someone else's opinion over mine. I never take someone else's view of the world over mine. I never accept information from another person just because they told me that's how it is. I never have. Never. And I never will because that's just how I am. That's how it fucking works. You've got the worker drones and you got the queen bee. This is just how nature is. Some people, a very small number of people, are different. Doesn't mean they're going to have a happy life. <laughs> In fact, it means they're going to have a lonely life. That's how it is. But that's, you are what you are, you know? You can't deny what you are. And what I am is not what people are, you know? I'm not saying I'm exceptionally rare. You know, it's like that saying, if you're one in a million, then there's a thousand of you in China. You know, I'm not rare. I'm not hard to find. There's plenty of people like me. But statistically speaking, there's way less people like me. And these fucking industries, this storytelling industry, of all stripes, it's not aimed at me. 
It's not trying to speak to me. It doesn't care about me. And it's very fucking clear because it isn't working. It isn't working. There's nothing that works for me. There's nothing that I like. And it's just like, it's, it can't be a coincidence. It's just, it happens too often, over and over and over. And it's kind of, I mean, it's not a bad thing in a way to sort of, just to have that little thought. I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I think that is what's going on. And maybe it's just good to know it and to say it out loud, not to other people. Nobody else wants to hear this. Nobody else likes to hear shit like this. But to say to myself, just so I'll stop looking. Let me dump this book bag. Have a little seat. Yeah, just so I'll stop stop looking, stop being disappointed, stop expecting, because I'm not going to find it. It's not there. This isn't for me. This isn't how it works. The things that are for me are not marketed, are not pushed, because they're not popular. They're not profitable. They're not going to work for the average person. They're not what the average person needs. <laughs> but what the average person needs, I really don't understand. Because I'm just not like them. <laughs> and again, I know this just sounds like fucking edgelord teenage dog shit. But that's the point, is that it doesn't matter what you think. I don't give a fuck what you think. It doesn't matter at all. That's the point. I'm the kind of person that doesn't care what you think. That's what makes me different. That's what makes me one of those people. You might be the kind of person that'll do the terrible things. You might be the kind of person that'll follow the orders. I'm the person who gives the orders. I'm the person that comes up with the crazy idea and I'm the one who tells you to do it. <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. That's the kind of person that I am. And really the best thing you can do if you're this type of person is not to talk about it. You can just live your life and just go on and do all kinds of weird stuff and behave in weird ways and have your weird philosophies and just do your weird shit. As long as you never say it, it's fine. You should never say it, you know? I'm gonna say it now, but in general, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep bringing this up. I'm not gonna fucking push this idea. This is just how it is, but I'll have an easier life if I don't talk about it. I'll have an easier life if I'm not rubbing people's nose in the fact that I don't think I'm like them. But this is not the way to make fans. This is not the way to make people like you. This is not the way to be a babyface. This is how you be a heel. But even that, I feel like that just, it just confirms the, the whole thing. If you are the type of person that hears this and it ruffles you the wrong way, you feel annoyed by it, doesn't that just prove that you're not this type of person? Doesn't this just prove that you want to keep the fucking, the, the water placid? <laughs> you know, and you don't want to shake things up. You don't want to cause problems. You don't have crazy fucking ideas about how things should be. You're not out of step. Because maybe you are one of the, you know, one in a million. Maybe you hear this and you kind of, you're like, you know what? I still don't like this. I still don't like this person. This is still an unlikable kind of sentiment to have and an unlikable way to be. But I am like that also. I recognize it. I understand it. I don't think people like me like other people like me. We don't get along. But, you know, we are how we are. And uh, standard, mass-produced, 
distributed narratives are not gonna scratch the itch inside us. They are not gonna fucking quench the fire or stoke the fire. They're not gonna do fucking anything. They're just tiresome and annoying and I'm fucking sick of them, you know? I'm just over it. I'm just done trying. I'm done caring. It's just like if these things pop up, if I stumble upon them, that's fine. But I'm not trying anymore, (laughs) you know? Don't bother giving me your recommendations. I don't care. I don't like it. I don't like it. I guarantee I don't like it. I hate just trying to sit through movies. I hate trying to sit through TV shows. I hate just trying to read this shit. It's it's just it's so awful that like I said it comes it's like 0%. It might as well be 0%. Statistically 0%. So I don't know exactly what that means, but I mean, maybe that can be useful while writing, you know? Like, I'm really just, I'm not, like, this novel I'm writing now, this isn't, like, my aim, you know? I'm not writing with this idea in mind that I'm writing a Little Prince-style book, that I'm writing a book for a leader to read. But I just am because that's what I do. (laughs) That's what I am. That's what I think like. Like when I talk about going slow at a slow pace and paying attention to your internal barometer and just making sure that you stay true to yourself. Man, that's crazy. Those fucking sirens are on the other side of the river. But because it's just me and the river and nothing in the way. Surprisingly loud. But anyway, what comes out the other side, as long as you're careful and you're true to yourself and you really listen to yourself, what comes out the other side will just be the kind of book that you want, obviously. But yeah, this is one reason why there's uh, a lot of stuff that uh, people who talk about writing, especially if you just go on YouTube or whatever, look up writing podcasts, like stuff that people commonly talk about that makes no fucking sense to me. Like stuff like uh, beta readers, you know, let's give the book to some readers and let's go through their fucking shit that they think and fucking change things based on what they think bizarre to me like I I could see making changes if like an editor wants me to like the final line between me getting a book published or not like okay I'll listen to that person I'll work with them I'll try to deal with them some fucking random asshole are you kidding me fuck that (laughs) that is the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life some fucking moron is gonna tell me how to change my fucking story are you kidding what do they like? What do they get into? What kind of dog shit do they, uh, you know? <laughs> like the idea, the very idea of it is fucking crazy to me. It sounds so fucking insane. Uh, just like, as if, as fucking if, these people that just think that this garbage that is surrounding them everywhere is good enough, is fine, as if they're gonna, I, I just, it's, it's insane. And again, it's just like you're, you're one kind of person or you're the other, you know? Either you hear that and you're like, well, what? Fuck you. Like, they might have good opinions. You can't just know. You can't just know everything. Or you could be the other kind of person, the rarer kind of person. Not saying better, but rarer kind of person. That's like, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like that too. Fuck them. Are you kidding me? It, it goes against the entire fucking point to me of writing, of like getting that little spark in your fucking soul and trying to craft it into some kind of form that can be useful to somebody. It's just, it'll just be extinguished if you just let random people have their fucking way with it. 
But again, yeah, I think it was like a, an interesting thing to th have that thought, to think about that. Like I'm writing a book for leaders because leaders need guidance too. Leaders need help. It's not easy. It's not easy to have no clear path in front of you in life. You know, you're just going to have to go your own way. You're going to have to figure things out for yourself because you're the leader. You're the one who makes the path. You're the one who goes down the weird. I mean, it's not, it's not coincidence that I don't have a normal job. Every time I do have a normal job, I have a very hard time hanging on to it. I haven't ever, I've never really had a relationship last more than like nine months. And when I get in fights with friends, it's big time. It's like, well, I guess we're never going to talk again, you know, because it's tough. It's tough to be a weird person. I've got like for the last like four years, I've lived out of a book bag. I've just got a book bag and I travel around and I've got my book bag and I don't even miss having things, you know, like I just thought like, let's see how long I can do this for. Let's see how long I can go till I need something that doesn't fit in this book bag. And it never happened. It's never gonna happen. You know, maybe I will settle down someday and get a big TV and shit, but it won't be for me. It'll be because I got kids or something, you know? I don't need that shit. I don't need that life. I don't need any of this stuff that people think is comforting. I don't like it. I don't want it. I'm not like that. I'm not a normal person. I'm just not. I'm not so crazy. I'm not like a fucking alien. But I'm not like you. I'm just not like you. <laughs> I guess the reason I feel confident saying these douchebag things is because if I'm not talking to you, if you're not the person I'm talking to, if you are also one of these weird people, you're not offended right now. You get it. You know what I'm saying. If you are offended, you're a normal person. You're a boring normal person and just, I don't care if you find me annoying because I find you way more annoying. Way more. <laughs> way more. I, I hate you. I fucking hate you. Your leaders hate you. That's how it is. They hate that they can lead you. They hate that you need to be led. They hate you. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> that feels good to get off my chest. I think that could be handy, you know? That could just be a handy little thing in the future. To just kind of fucking... You know what, I'm also going to point out, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, and I drank one of those huge monster things, and a coffee, so much caffeine, caffeine and sleep deprivation at the same time, running through my veins, it's definitely making me more irate and more abrasive than I need to be, but, but I mean, I don't know, just like, again, that's another thing, is like people who... I find normal people, for lack of a better term, are not good with severe emotion. They're not good with it, they don't like it. Whereas people that are familiar with mood swings and weird, you know, bipolary type fucking borderline personality, whatever the fuck shit, they know what this is. They know what this is. They can see past the surface emotions and just hear the information, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. Again, it's like, hey, if this isn't working for you, if this is annoying you, if this is the last time you ever listen to this podcast because you hate me, good. Fuck you. You're not a leader. You're a little idiot. Get the fuck out of here. Go write your vampire romance book. 
I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking to you. I don't care about you. I don't want to write a book for you. I want to write a book for the leaders. I want to write the Atlas Shrugged. I want to write the Little Prince. I want to write the fucking thing that is weird and that makes people angry because they don't want it and they don't get it. Because it doesn't doesn't confirm what they want. It doesn't ease their minds. It doesn't... They want a little placid world and they don't like things that fuck with that. Where I hate that world. I hate it. I fucking hate it to death. I don't want any of this. I don't need any of this. I think I said, man, it was when I was in Toronto. I remember it was a big snowstorm. The people that change the world are the ones who expect the world to change. You know, if you think you can't change the world, then no, of course you can't. But some people think they can change the world and want to change the world and strive to change the world and do change the world. We don't all, you know, like I said, there's a, there's a lot of people like me. We're the minority, but there's a shitload because there's 7 billion people on the earth. There's millions of people like me. Most of us don't do shit. We just have annoying, abrasive lives. We probably piss off everyone around us and we die lonely. But sometimes we change the world. And that is, regardless of whether I succeed or not, that's the kind of person I am. And that's the kind of person I'm talking to. And that's the kind of person I want to write a book for. Because I know how hard it is to find. I know how rare it is to find. I know how valuable it is. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I want to do. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. It's funny because like as far as examples go, I mean, Atlas Shrugged is such a classic example that uh, it's this book that came out in the 50s. It's this lady, Ayn Rand, who uh, escaped from communist Russia and moved to America. So she, she was kind of naturally just a very rigid, weird, you know, right-wing person, for lack of a better term. But also she escaped this horrible communist dictatorship that destroyed her whole family. And she moved to America, where capitalism made everyone free, much more free. And she learned English and she worked her way up and she became a famous novelist. It's an amazing story. It's really just an incredible story. But as far as perception of her work goes, obviously most people never heard of her. Then of the people that have heard of her, there is a lot of people that hate her because she is, she basically developed what became libertarianism. But it was not quite the same and it was a little weirder and a little more harsh. Basically, she's right-wing without the religious aspect. And again, America's so big on the left-wing and the right-wing, so left-wing people hate her. People who, uh, you know, in universities, they either didn't read the book, so they didn't give them a real chance, or they really just actually hate the things that she has to say. They just hate her. Generally, I'd say most people hate her, <laughs> hate her stuff. Which again, yeah, of course, of course you do. Because you're just, you're a follower, <laughs> you know? You just do what the people around you do. Even, I find, I find radical left-wing people extra ridiculous because they act like they're these fucking rebels, but they do exactly the same thing as everyone around them. One of my favorite sayings is there's this girl, uh, 
Blair White who <laughs> said that blue hair dye must there must be something in blue hair dye that seeps into people's brains because every fucking person with blue hair has identical politics and an identical philosophy. But anyway, it's easy to, yeah, okay, oh, left-wing people don't like this thing. That makes it sound like I'm the right-wing guy who is just like, well, I'm just annoyed because they don't like my stuff. But I'm not that either because I would, I'd say I dislike people who are fans of Ayn Rand way more than I dislike people that don't like Ayn Rand. Because I really think most people who don't like Ayn Rand, I think most of them don't really know what she was about, haven't really read the books, they're just going along with the prevailing sort of attitude of their peer group, and they're deliberately ignoring all of the positive stuff, all of the stuff about like a woman in the 50s who not only escaped her country, learned a new language, rose up. It's an amazing feminist story. It's one of the greatest I've ever heard, but nobody talks about that. Everyone ignores that. And her books are all about individualism. It's like about personal worth, self-worth, and like believing in yourself and your birthright as a human being and the great things you can accomplish. But again, they just ignore that because it's too radical. It's too far. It really is like she really does push that idea that most people don't do shit. Most people never change anything. Those occasional people do. And, and if you're not one of those people, then you need to shut up and sit back and let them do what they do. And, you know, <laughs> the followers don't like to know that they're followers. They don't like to be told that. But at least you can have the argument. You can have the debate. Like, I would rather debate someone who hates Ayn Rand then I would talk to someone who loves Ayn Rand because they are the worst of all. I read this book when I was like 16 or 17 and it was a real slow go. I was like, okay, I don't mind this, I guess, but it took a while to get going. It's a thousand pages long. But then by the end, I was like, I love it. I, holy shit, I love it. Like this is a book written for leaders. It's exactly what I was saying. This is a book that is trying to tell people who are unusual and are individual it's like a guideline of here's from another weird person like that like here's what i've seen here's what i've experienced here's what i have to say it certainly doesn't all work more and more it doesn't work every time i read that book it's less relevant to my life but it's the first time i ever found a book like that and you'd think <laughs> that great so i guess i must get along with fans of Ayn Rand's work. I can't stand them. They are the worst. Literally within, I started, like I met some Ayn Rand fans online in the late 90s, again when I was like 17, the early days of the internet on some fucking chat room thing. Found some Ayn Rand fans. I found out that her, her philosophy was called objectivism. Literally within two weeks, I, I was on the outs with them. I, I couldn't stand them because the whole fucking notion of her stuff is radical individualism. It's it's you. You've got to marshal yourself. It's you and that's all you really have because you are a, an, an odd duck, man. You're a weird person. So it's just you. Learn to love you, man. Learn to work with you because that's what you got. And these people slavishly follow that. I mean, it's not even a complicated conundrum here. It's very obvious. This book is about leaders, and you guys are followers. The fans are th some of the worst followers I've ever seen. You know, just have the blinders on, and just like, 
defend this the crazy nonsense parts of it and this dumb bullshit and they're not using the works of Ayn Rand as some kind of guidepost for their own individual achievement they're just leeching on it's it's the worst I have never met a hardcore Ayn Rand fan that I enjoyed hearing or enjoyed trying to talk to I can't stand them they're the worst and it's it's so bizarre they're followers who don't know that they're followers they're followers that think they're leaders it's just awful it's just awful and it's all awful anyway I hate even talking about that book because yeah the the left-wing people that hate her think I'm just a right-wing guy for fucking liking her but the right-wing people who love her think I'm some weird lefty because I don't like them I just the whole the whole American left and right dynamic but the notion of someone who's not either is really it's really outside of the perception of most people seemingly like it's so hard for me to believe this that people aren't like me you know that they really are you know that it really is a rare thing to be truly weird and unique I really want to believe more people are like me but they aren't they aren't because even in these pockets where you would think individuals would fucking gather they're not there they're not anywhere near there it's just a bunch more little weird leechy worms doing their leechy worm shit marching along being little followers and ugh, it's repulsive Ayn Rand fans are repulsive <laughs> they're way worse than Ayn Rand haters who are also a pain in the ass and Ayn Rand herself I mean I read a bunch of biographies of her I found them very interesting I found uh, you know it's like helpful to recognize things about myself that are like her but also to recognize way more things that are not like her and I'm like, whoa, I'm really not like this lady. That's why there's all this crazy shit in these books that I don't agree with. Because she was her own kind of crazy weirdo. Which, of course, she was. I guess the ultimate lesson is you can't have a group of individuals. You just can't. We weirdos, we leader types, we don't get along, man. We're not the same. That's the point. We're not the same as anybody. But the sad fucking truth seems to be that the non-leader types really are the same. They're pretty easy to pinpoint. They're not going to do anything too crazy. They're not going to come at you from a bizarre angle. They're not going to have a weird idea. They're not going to invent some crazy thing. They're not going to promote radical social change. They're not going to do shit. They're going to have some more babies and just keep the fucking system going. They're the fucking oil in the machine is what they are gotta have them but they're interchangeable <laughs> which is such an awful thing to say and that kind of shit is what leads to like crazy wars and like insane leaders that just like think of people as as expendable but it's the people who act expendable it's the people that carry out this shit Everyone's bad. Everyone's to blame. There is no good side here. I'm just trying to pinpoint more clearly what I am. That's all. I'm just trying to be more aware of where I'm going. And where I'm going is uncharted, <laughs> you know? But just to know that is fine. That's why when I look at this, to come back to the bookstore, the wall of books in the bookstore, 
There's fucking nothing there for me because that is charted. That is just people going down the same path that someone before them went down. And that's just not what I'm going to do. That's not what I can do. Whatever I'm doing, it's not that. It's something else. You know, let's end with a pop culture example, because this one really did surprise me, is uh, The Hunger Games. So uh, I never finished the books because I didn't really like the writing style. I got through the first book, but the second book, I was like, I can't do this anymore. But the movies, I really liked the first movie. I really liked it. I mean, it's a basic, you know, person against the state type of thing, but I really liked it. Really well done. Then the second movie, I just felt like was treading water, and that's where me and the critics immediately diverged because most of the critical reception was like, hey, it's like the first movie, but better. No, it's not. It's way worse. <laughs> you can just skip the second movie. The second movie is fucking nothing. But by the third movie, The Hunger Games started, it's like it started planting all this stuff about how to, how to create propaganda to fight back against the government. That's in that movie. It's fucking, it really surprised me. I'm like, this is crazy. This is a mainstream movie that every fucking teen in the world went to see. And this is just in it. And then at the end of the fourth movie, it's maybe the craziest thing I've ever seen in a movie. It's fucking insane where the former president is tied up. Our hero Katniss Everdeen has a bow and is it's her job to murder this man in front of everybody and above the former president standing on a balcony is the new president Julianne Moore who is a weird warmonger in a different way just another shitty president another head on the hydra just another piece of shit and in front of everybody Katniss raises her bow and kills the fucking new president. She kills the fucking president in front of everybody. That's the finale of a four-part mainstream movie series. It's insane. It's so insane. And nobody talks about it. Nobody acts like it's anything but a popcorn movie. I tried to explain this to people and they don't seem to get it. They don't know what I'm talking about. They don't see the relevance. But to me, I don't know how it happened, because the Hunger Game books really, <laughs> I don't know, they don't seem like they're that special. I don't know, I really should go back and read the books just to see how it all works in the books. I mean, presumably the plot is the same, but these movies, it's like that's a story for leaders. And it's just, I guess it just washes over most people. Most people don't notice it, but to me, I fucking noticed, because I'm starving for that kind of stuff. I'm begging for it, and I never expected it to just happen in The Hunger Games. Here's a movie about how to take down the government and kill the president. Boom. <laughs> you know? So fucking insane. But again, I was like, to me, I felt like, like, man, is this planting seeds? Is this something that's going to get into the psyche of 21st century fucking teenage idiots <laughs> and change something make them more aware of things but it didn't no one seemed to notice no one talks about it no one cares but i know somebody noticed you know there had to be somebody out there who was like me who noticed that this is happening in this movie that this is different than most movies this is not a normal thing this is a crazy message and who knows maybe someday some fucking person will do some crazy shit in the world and they'll be like, you know what, when I was a kid I saw The Hunger Games 
And I never forgot that shit. I know it's just a dumb mainstream example. And I know I'm talking crazy. Like, let's make that clear. I know you don't understand what I'm talking about. I know this didn't mean anything to you. I know you watched those movies and you didn't even notice. You didn't even care. You just watched the next thing after. That's fine. That's the point. That's the point, is that I know I'm talking crazy because to you, this is crazy. This is me. This is my view of things. This is my idea of things. I can somehow love the book Atlas Shrugged, even though last time I read it, I got 100 pages in and was like, fuck this, even though I don't like the people who like it. I I know. I know it's crazy because that's me. That's how it works for me. That's the point. Again, that's the point of being a weird individual person is no one else gets the ideas. They don't need to. And again, I mean, it just sounds like I'm trying to be like, oh, nobody gets me. Oh, you don't get me. <laughs> you know, I wish I wish I was just a 16 year old trying to be cool. I'm almost 40 years old. Nobody gets me because nobody gets me. This is it. This is going to be my life. This is it, man. This is the lonely ass life. This is it. I didn't choose it so I could be some kind of tough ass cool guy because no one cares. There's nothing cool about it. It's not cool. It's just how it is. It's how it is. I can't have the normal life. I'll go fucking crazy. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to have my weird ideas about the stupid fucking Hunger Games and that's it. This is where I am. This is what I am. This is here. Here we are. I I think sometimes now that I'm back home and my brother's doing better, you know, he had a very long stretch of very severe schizophrenic craziness. And it's, it's just funny sometimes where I'm like, well, I'm... I'm the normal one, you know, I'm the normal guy, but I'm only the normal guy because he's so crazy, you know, it's clear that we come from the same genes, like if my brother was just a successful normal person, I would be the family loser, I'm the guy trying to write the novel who hasn't pulled it off yet, who can't hold down a job, who gets all worked up about the stupid fucking hunger games, I'm an idiot, I'm a fucking weird jerk. And it's only because the other kid is way more crazy that comparatively I seem like I'm doing okay. But I don't know, whatever. I wouldn't trade it in. It's a weird life. It's weird and odd and hard to be a a uniquely unusual person. I wish there was some term I could use that didn't make me sound like such a dumb dipshit. But whatever. Again, if you're one of these... I know you don't agree with all this shit, because of course you don't, because that's the point. But I know you sort of know what I'm talking about, so I don't know. Just keep fucking blazing that trail, my friend. (laughs) Just keep trying to figure out where to go, because we're the ones who figure out where to go. We're the ones who go down the weird path. We're the ones who live out of a book bag. We're the ones who don't own things. We're the ones who don't do what people do. We're the ones who don't follow the path that the person in front of us went down because we just can't fucking do it. So we go somewhere else and we crash and burn or we develop something new and crazy and amazing that nobody else ever would have or could have because they would never do what we do and be like we are. So cheers to us. God damn it. What song can I possibly play to sum up all of that shit? I don't know.
God damn it, I have no idea. Let's play Sick to Death by Atari Teenage Riot. That'll do. All right, I'll talk to you next time. See you later. Let's go. Don't do this, please. Nate, again!